Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Orange Mailbox. We have a super-duper special awesome guest in studio today. Newly elected mayor of Gas City, Indiana, the Honorable Bill Rock. Bill, thank you for being here with us today. Well, I appreciate you guys uh, letting me be a small part of the Orange Mailbox. Uh, (laughs) It's kind of exciting uh, to be on this uh, program. Well, we're we're just kind of getting started, so we've had a few people on, and you're probably the highest profile person we've had in Really? Yes. Uh, now, you don't have to say that. Uh, I got four years before election comes up again. So, I may, or, or unless <laughs> hey, we'll get in politics. We'll talk politics after okay. a bit. <laughs> we don't want to just jump right into that and start arguing with that's, each other. That's fine. <laughs> Anyways, Bill, we really appreciate you being here. Um, most of our listeners probably do know you. Uh, but for those that don't, can uh, give us a little bit of uh, background on who Bill Rock is, where you came from. You grew up in Gas City, right? Miss Cinewall. Yep. Gas yeah. City, went to Miss Cinewall. Uh, my parents were uh, Bill Sr. and Barbara Rock, and uh, they had restaurants. Uh, they started Rock Concession in 75. Sandy and I, my wife, uh, bought Rock Concessions in 94, bought two concessions from my parents. Then we've expanded to, uh, in the meantime, have done a little bit of everything. Uh, you know, I've been a carny. I've been a, a <laughs> burger flipper and, uh, you know, concessionaire. I've been a council person. Uh, I've been a, a television, uh, produced an outdoor fishing and hunting program on the outdoor channel and the sportsman channel and uh, just uh, having fun uh, with life and, and now into politics as a mayor. So, uh, you know, just a little, uh, I don't know if those uh, all fit together, but uh, <laughs> it kind of gives you a little bit of a, uh, a difference that that uh, we've done in our lifetime. Well, they all add to your life story, that's for sure. Yeah. Uh, speaking of your wife, how did you meet Sandy? Actually, uh, a, a guy named Bob Goins. I was 16, and, and he was 15, and he wanted to go to Fairmount. There was a girl named Dawn Shields, D-A-W-N, and uh, <laughs> Sandy happened to be with her. Uh-huh. So Bob, I took Bob to Fairmount, and uh, I met her uh, there in Fairmount, and uh, we dated on and off through high school, and and uh, then we got married in '74, and uh, have been married 45 years this April, or it'd be 46 wow. years wow. this April. So yeah, 16, she was 15, and uh, and a lot of times those don't work out, but you know the uh, was salt and pepper sometimes mix well together because our <laughs> personalities are sometimes a, a little bit different, but. Uh, when she listens to me and she follows my leadership and my guidance and instructional <laughs> tutelage, uh, we get along real well. Oh, boy. I better put a disclaimer in there yes. for Sandy so she'll hunt us down. So did, did you go to meet Dawn and found Sandy or was <laughs> Yeah, No, I actually wasn't going to meet Dawn. Bob okay. Goins wanted to, to meet her. And uh, uh, Sandy happened to be her friend. Okay. And uh, actually, Dawn was her maid of honor in the wedding. Uh, so they're, And they're oh, still nice. French. They, uh, they're the owners of A&A Rents in Marion. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, okay. Her family there. Um, now, did you guys, uh, did you graduate what year? I graduated in 71 and Sandy graduated in 73. 71, 73. I was young for my age. Uh, and so that's why the age difference of 16 and 15. So there was rumors that you didn't graduate, but that cleared that up. Cleared that up. I did graduate. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> well, that some people will probably believe that. So. Did, now, did you play any sports in high school? I did not. No, uh, I had an option of, uh, working because my parents were workers. They had restaurants and, uh, 
my dad just didn't understand the fact that you practiced every night. Uh, you couldn't just practice on weekends. And he had me scheduled to work at, uh, at the restaurants that they owned uh, when I got out of school till closing. And, and so if I wanted an automobile and I wanted gas to go in it, uh, we worked. So, no, I did not play any sports. I played a lot of slow-pitch softball after uh, high school. And, uh, you know, I loved playing sports, but just uh, never did it in high school. They started in the restaurant business with B&B, and was that their initial? Absolutely. They they actually had the Twin City Drive-In when the old Iron Bridge, which you two are way too young for that, but there was a uh, – before the new highway come through Gas City, there was a little restaurant called Twin City Drive-In. Yes, they had Oaks right. Drive-In where Coley's is. Yeah. Uh, then they bought uh, – they they ran the Total Burger for a little while, which it's now gone to. Then the Hobnob in Fairmount was the one they bought. They kept, then they built the Hobnob in Gas City, which is now B&B. Uh, they sold that to, uh, uh, matter of fact, uh, your dad and, yes, that's and right. uh, Herb McPherson. That's right. Uh, yep. Bought that. And then they ended up uh, selling it back to my parents. <laughs> and they changed it to B&B at that time and then sold it to uh, Bob and Kay King. That's right. I forgot about that, too. And then they went down and constructed Jackie's Restaurant, and it was called... Uh, Party on the Rocks, little history here. <laughs> and uh, then Jackie came in and uh, was looking to buy a restaurant. They sold to her. Jackie called it Jackie's, and Jackie's built that business up to a really nice uh, restaurant. And I think it won the Grant County's greatest family restaurant this year. So, oh, really? a, a lot of history there in the in the food business. Yes, she even had the governor stop there and eat breakfast. Absolutely. Yes. Yep. yep. Governor's been there, and uh, the mayor's know. ate there. So you. Have you eaten there yet? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the mayor is eating there. <laughs> I've eaten there several times, and it's very good. Service and the food is top-notch. Absolutely. Now, you said that um, you spoke a lot about your parents and their uh, things that they established in your life and your work ethic. And outside of your parents, who are some of your major influences in your life that have kind of steered you to where you are today? Well, there's been several of them. Um Back when, before I started doing Indiana Outdoor Ventures with Duke, uh, there was a, used to be a local program called uh, Expressions with uh, Jeff Gawley. Uh, he used to, he's a retired firefighter. He'd go around the county, have different shows, and they had Duke and I on on the program. And that's how the, the outdoor program started. But Inga Hart North was one of the, the people that mentored me. She's in Florida now, but she ran the studio there for a long time. Hmm. And would give me a lot of her guidance on the way. And then I've just had like a, a lot of concessionaires that I ran into the apple dumpling, Lou Bulls. He, he, uh, was always a guy I looked up to Joe, uh, tacos. Joe always gave me advice. So I'm going, uh, matter of fact, your parents, uh, your dad, Tom Graves, who just recently passed away, was always one that was, uh, had me when, when I was a younger guy and maybe going down the wrong path, uh, You'd have Jerry Horn or Tom Graves or John Ramey. Somebody would, <laughs> yeah. would uh, gank, you know, pull me in and say, hey, look, uh, you need to stay on this line. Don't follow our line. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Which they all three were good men. So, uh, I know you've, everybody has a story of some kind of obstacles that they've had to overcome. And, you know, everybody hits snags in life along the way. Seems that they've propelled you forward instead of pulling you backward. What are some of them obstacles that you've had to overcome, challenges that you've had to face in order to be where you are today? 
Well, uh, you know, I think everybody that has a, a good story has one that was uh, low. There was, a, there was a time I couldn't find a job. I finally got one at RCA, but I was going around doing anything I could. If it rained, I was out gathering up night crawlers and take them to bait stores and selling them, uh, finding part-time work, uh, hot carrying, uh, doing whatever it takes to, to make sure that Sandy and, and at that time a new baby, Brandon, my oldest son, mm-hmm. was born and, and things were going a little south here in, in the county and uh, a lot of factories were shutting down, layoffs. And so whatever it took, you know, uh, you know, I'd pump gas, I'd uh, collect night crawlers, I'd do whatever. Uh, you know, if there was an obstacle in my way, my dad always told me, don't let that obstacle stop your goal. Figure a way to go around it, over it, under it, somehow or another, but don't lose your dream of where you want to go. Well, at times sure have changed today, haven't they? They have. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you, yeah. The work ethic just is quite there, and I, yeah. I credit my parents with that. I seen them uh, work to make sure that I had a good life as a kid growing up, and and I sure wanted to make sure that my kids had a good life when they were growing up. I can tell you how I overcome obstacles. I eat a giant rocks tenderloin. <laughs> oh yes, you didn't that, bring one with you, did you? <laughs> that cures any ailment you have. For those of you that have never had a Rocks Tenderloin, mm. I'm going to do a little uh, advertisement for you here. If you've never had a Rocks Tenderloin, you don't know what you're missing. So come to the James Dean Festival, the 4th of July. Oh, my gosh. Ducktail. Ducktail uh, run. Concerts in the park. First Friday. First Friday. That, uh, we're going to bring a couple of those over to Gas City this year, uh, May and June. So Because I, I won't have the time to be organizer in Marion. So um, Right. Uh, I don't know if they're planning on still having one or not, but Gas City is going to. Uh, there's some exciting things going on right now in Gas City. In just the few weeks that you've been in office, tell us a little bit about possible hardware store coming in. Or Absolutely. Uh, it, it, it's kind of a funny story. The new city engineer I have, Jason Miller, I, we were sitting in my office and kind of looking around and saying, okay, there's got to be more than just sitting here. So I said, what this town needs, and we haven't had for a long time, is a lumberyard hardware. He goes, you know, I did a survey for a guy. It's called Gilman Do It Best. So he gave me the number. I contacted him. He was in Colorado skiing. He goes, uh, you realize I'm out here skiing? I said, well, his name's Charlie Gilman. I said, well, Charlie, you can't be skiing right now. You just answered the phone. <laughs> Find a bench, get a drink, sit down, give me three minutes. So we talked for a little bit, and he kind of laughed a little bit. Hey, I've never been solicited while I'm sitting on a bench having a drink <laughs> in Colorado skiing. He goes, uh, I'll be back in about a week. I'd like to meet up with you. So I met him out at I-69, hopped him in my truck, and we drove around to several lots that uh, Gassity owned, and then also some lots that other people owned uh, in the area to get an idea mm-hmm. where he might want to put his hardware store, or at least look. Right. Uh, so we drove around for a couple hours, and um, he says, you know what? I'm very interested. I'll be back tomorrow. I'll bring my son. He, he is the general manager of all these stores. He's got 12 of them throughout the state, two of them in Ohio. I've been to several of them with uh, my job. Oh, so. great, great. So you know a little bit more about him. So uh, he come back the next day, and I got to give kudos to Mike Anderson Chevrolet. Charlie had a flat tire or getting a, a low tire, and uh, he goes, you know a, a place I can go and get uh, this tire fixed before I leave town? I said, let me take care of this. So I called down, talked to Eric Skeens at Mike Anderson. Eric goes, tell him put the keys in the car. I'll come down and get it, and we'll bring it back. So sure enough, Charlie looks at me. He goes, really? 
I said, that, that's how this town works. <laughs> yeah. We are a close-knit town. Uh, uh-huh. uh, we help people out when we can. So Eric come down, picked it up, brought it back. When Charlie was leaving, he goes, you know what? I'm not going to commit today, but I'm really, really close to saying I want to make Gas City a home for a new lumberyard hardware. So about two days later, I get a phone call, and he, he gave me a verbal commitment. Yesterday, I talked to him about three times on the phone. Uh, we're getting all the paperwork done. He wants to start construction ASAP <laughs> by April. And, of course, with weather, you don't know when right. it will go. But we, we met with the redevelop committee, approved the five acres that he needs. Planning commission uh, will meet Monday night, uh, and we'll get that approved. And then uh, the land will, uh, Charlie will sign the agreement, as I will. And then uh, whenever he can get uh, starting construction, we'll have it rocking and rolling. Man, that's fantastic. It's nice to see uh, somebody with not so much a different vision, but a new vision for Gas City and the surrounding communities. Because whatever you do in Gas City, it affects other communities because we shop in Gas City. Absolutely. So when people say Bill Rock, the new mayor, he's got some pretty big shoes to fill. He had Beaner Lynn. He was mayor for nine terms, 100 years. I don't remember how many years. Larry was five terms. Larry was five. Beaner was nine. And Bob Ray was five. Bob Ray. Before Beaner. So people say you have some pretty big shoes to fill. In my opinion, the only shoes you need to fill are your own. You have your own ideas. You have your own core group of people that you surround yourself with. Surround yourself with good people. Good things are going to happen. And it's obvious that good things are starting to happen. There's there's some projects that were laid down by the previous administration. You have that from administration to administration. So there's going to be some overlap there. Yeah, the auditorium is one that uh, when we were on the council, we got going. Uh, you know, we're looking forward to that, get uh, rolling. But uh, you had a hand in that. Absolutely. Yeah, it, I was on the council when right. that happened. So. Uh, but yeah, we have we have some different dreams. I mean, and not to take anything away from the the past administration, sure. But we're we're going to bring some new energy, and you're you're 100 right. We put people around that I can trust to do that position, so I don't have to micromanage. Uh, when the park board meets with somebody, I I'm going to trust their decision. When my engineer right. tells me what's going on, I'm going to trust his decision. And we get together as a group, uh, our, our attorney, our redevelopment committee, uh, which uh, I've got uh, Jim Spurgeon, uh, Adam Skeens. I wanted to get some younger people in there. Uh, Russ Corbin, Dave Huffman, and, and Larry Twilliger are, are the redevelopment committee. So we've got a, a group of guys that we meet with. I listen to them, uh, although I'll, I'll bring some of the ideas to the plate. And then what direction do we need to go to make mm-hmm. them happen? Here's our dreams because it's for the best of, as you said, Lamar, if Gas City's successful, so is the rest of the community. And I look at Absolutely. the same way. If something happens good in Upland or Marion or anything in the county, it's going to benefit Gas City as well. So we're all in this together. We're a team. And um, there may be times that I reach out to, and I know there will be, yeah. I talk to some of the Upland town boards of, of what Upland's done to make it better. Sometimes you don't have to come up with the ideas. You go to other towns and visit other mayors, and they've reached out to me unbelievably and told me, come and look at our town. Mm-hmm. We'll tell you how we got there. If there's something you see you like, we'll help you. We're all in this together. Well, you're definitely a go-getter, and if anybody knows you at all has any sliver of a brain, they know you're a go-getter, and success breeds success. And that's exciting to see in the years to come. 
Uh, maybe you'll serve for nine terms. Maybe you'll serve for 12 terms. I don't know. Well, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, uh, I, I, I do plan on, I, you know, I've got some, uh, we've got some ideas that, that we want to see accomplished. And uh, we set our goals. And as I mentioned, Logan and, and you earlier, if an obstacle's in our way, we'll figure out a way to get around it. Because whatever we get done will be good for our town. And that's what it's all about. How has the transition been from old administration to yours? I'm, I'm, I mean, we understand that there's going to be positions that are going to be filled by your people. Absolutely. That happens with any administration from the state level, local, national. It happens. That's the way it is. But, I mean, I know there's, there's going to be some level animosity at some point. It's the nature of the beast. But the transition from Mayor Leach to you it seems to have gone pretty smooth from what I've seen. Well, yeah, we've, uh, you know, we, we had some snags probably right there the, the first week or so. Uh, but uh, I think everybody kind of got on board once they realized that, hey, this is, this is uh, what the people wanted. And uh, whether some of the people liked the, the fact that I was elected, they're going to have to live with that for at least four years. And uh, I put people around me that supported me, that trusted me, that I supported and trust them because they had me uh, all through the the campaign. They were there. They support and and I felt like I needed those people around me. The ones that didn't, and sometimes this may sound selfish, that didn't support me, and, and that I replaced them. I, you know, I wanted some people on the park board that I, that that were younger, more energetic, and, and I put some right. younger, energetic people there. I got a younger engineer. <clears throat> He's local in the Grant County. We've used one from out of the city for years and years uh, through all those. In- I, I've just always felt local is uh, if I can help somebody locally, it's going to help our community that way too. So uh, I replaced some people in the redevelopment committee, and they helped get the hardware store, Lumberyard, coming in. Uh, so, yeah, it was just uh, it's getting smoother and smoother every, yeah. every week. Well, I like what you said. It's what the people wanted. And what our listeners may not know, you ran on an independent ticket. Absolutely, yes. And that just, that doesn't happen. Independents don't win elections typically. And you were out there pounding the ground. You were knocking on doors. You were talking to people. And I'm curious as to what kind of demographics do you think really attributed to that success and that ultimately getting elected? Was it the younger crowd, you think, they're wanting to change? Because your slogan was, it's time. And I, I like that slogan. I, I would like to tell you I'm the one that created it, but let me, let me tell you exactly <laughs> how I got to it's time. As I started walking door to door, I went to uh, the area that Mayor Leach lived in because I thought if I'm going to get beat up, let's get beat up right at the beginning. But I started knocking on doors, and it's kind of amazing. Even some of the seniors I thought were going to turn and say, oh, you know, let's they, – they were saying, you know what, it's time. And uh, the, the younger generation definitely, they were saying, it's time. And what was great about that, we had a plan to hit on every door, every apartment door, except for about 15 doors. And I think people realized why we weren't going to hit those doors. It wasn't going to do us any good. Right. And, and we started in uh, – at uh, the very end of May, thought that I could probably do this in about six weeks, every home. But by uh, September, we still had a few blocks that we had to hit because people wanted to talk. Uh, not that we could fix a problem they had, but they wanted to be heard. They hadn't seen this. And, and uh, they were amazed. And I heard this over and over. We've never, ever had a mayor candidate come to our door and ask for a vote. And wow. you got it. 
So, I mean, uh, but I guess because that goes to one was nine terms, one was five terms, and the the past mayor that I just defeated wasn't opposed in, in three of those elections. So yeah. uh, he really didn't have to campaign. And I, I don't want to disparage him in any way because – he served Gas City faithfully for several decades. He was a police officer, police chief, oh my mayor. And like you said, it's the people. The people decided. The people decided. The people decided it was time. Yeah. And here we sit. Yeah. And, and I have nothing against him. I, I grew up two doors from him. I supported him when he ran for sheriff. I graduated with his oldest son. Yeah, and I, so. I like his family. I supported him when he ran for mayor the first time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, I was there supporting him and, and uh, served on the council with him. I never had a problem. I just felt what people were telling me, and I felt in my heart, timing's everything, mm-hmm. and it's time. And uh, I think you're, that, that we're going to see this because going with the hardware lumber store, we're going to take a drive around some of these Gilman do it mm-hmm. uh, best and see what's come around them. And then I'm going to approach them about, Come to Gas City and see if we can get them to come around them. So uh, it, I think it's just going to be a domino effect. I'm excited, you know, in in the seven and a half weeks that I've been mayor to, to have something this large. We've had a problem with our stoplights for years. I uh, talked to a gentleman, went and visited him in Fort Wayne about our lights being long. They're fixed. Uh, it just took a, a, you know, a drive down, a face-to-face, and, hey, could you please make those lights go from – four minutes to at least two minutes and and they're running within a a minute to two minutes now is all you have to wait so i like that one-on-one approach uh talking to people and and uh yeah it's just i'm excited about it it's uh and the uh, people like that that's what the people want they want to be made to feel like they count they're important i think transparency is very absolutely and uh i i said this when i was campaigning I don't care if you see my office is the back end of my tra- avalanche. If I'm going down the street, I'll flip that tailgate down and we'll talk. If, if you see me on the golf cart, we'll pull over and we'll talk. Come up to my office. If I'm in there, the door's open. And it has been. Unless I've got a meeting, then I'll shut it because at that time we don't want to be right. interrupted. But I want to be a hands-on mayor. I'm a servant. I'm serving the people. I'm not the people's boss. They're my boss. Right. And I want to hear their ideas. And some of them... I'm going to look at it and say, uh, well, uh, I don't think I won't tell them that, but uh, uh, this probably isn't going to work. But, right. But I want to, I, I at least want to hear the more ideas you hear, eventually there's going to be something that somebody's going to come up with and it's going to be a great idea. I drive a lot. So I, I go through Gas City a lot. And just so you know, if I drive by and I see your office light on in the morning, I always say a prayer for you. Well, I appreciate so. that. Pastor Mark, when I uh, uh, went to church at the time, and, and he kind of surprised me. I'm sitting there. I, I came in with Brian Swanner yeah. and Marianne, and uh, he, he called me out of the crowd. He goes, I don't want to let you know, Bill. I started praying for you in 2009. So I don't know what was weighing heavy on him, but I, I, uh, <laughs> I appreciate it, Pastor Mark. And uh, he's a great guy, and I appreciate the prayers from you too, Lamar. So going back, let's go back to when you initially got into politics. I know people just don't wake up one day. I think I'll get into politics. There's usually a a backstory to it. But when did you first get involved in politics? And was it when you got on the city council? Is that when you first? Well, not actually. uh, It's kind of a funny story because we was talking about Beaner being a nine-termer. It was about 95. 
and I had no idea, never thought about ever getting into politics. And uh, Beaner pulls up to my house. He goes, Billy Rock. He's always got that pipe, and he always calls mm-hmm. me Billy oh, yeah. Rock. Oh, yeah. He goes, I got this factory getting ready to come into town. And he goes, the guy doesn't like to golf, but he likes to fish. You're taking him fishing. <laughs> I'm thinking, okay. But, you know, that, I, that, that taught me a little lesson, too, so I had to look up to him. He was using his resources. Beaner and I didn't. You know, I mean, we'd see each other. We'd talk. But he knew I did this hunting and fishing program. Uh-huh. He knew where to go that might land this American Woodmark, which it did. Let's use our resources we have. And I, I still look at it that way. And that, that was it. You know, we went fishing, took him to Cumberland Lake, and we end up with a factory. Uh, that year, 96. So you're taking credit for that factory? No. Okay. Not at all. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, ta- I'm giving Beaner credit for using his resources exactly. to help land that factory. Uh, no, I have nothing in that. I would have done it regardless. Of, yeah. uh, it was because it was going to create opportunities for people to work. So in 99, uh, he pulls up, and that, that's when he asked me if I would run for city council. And I said, you know, I have no political bone in me. I really, he goes, I said, I've hung out in bars. I've been in bar fights. I've been, I'm just not a good candidate for it, Beaner. And he goes, you know what? I knew a guy that was 32 years old that used to get in a lot of fights and still does. And uh, he's been mayor for eight terms. <laughs> so I said, well, you know what? Um, I'll give it a shot, but I'm thinking uh, I'm running against a, a, a postmaster, Harold McCollum, which I have all the respect in the world for him. Love him to death. Love him and his wife, Kay, his, his son, Kirk. I They're mean, the awesome whole family people. are just great people. Yeah. And, and so I thought, well, I'll, I'll try. And I thought, well, if I lose, no big deal. But then you get that competitive juice in you. You see your name right there beside it, and you're thinking, wow, I don't want to lose now. So I did kind of what I did in this election. I went in my area, Mill 7. I pounded on every door, every apartment. Anybody I see now, I stopped and talked to. Give me an opportunity. Then once I got on the council and I seen some good things coming, uh, the Walmart Distribution Center, uh, a few roads here being paved, alleys being fixed, I thought, you know, this is good. Uh, We can help people. Uh, still be a part of the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, grassroots stuff. Grassroots stuff. Absolutely, Logan. And that's when the the, the political, uh, and I still don't consider myself a politician. I consider myself a promoter, somebody that's passionate for the city, that wants to see our city grow for not only my kids and my grandkids, but for the youth on, you know. Uh, so it's just a, a passion that I have for our town. Live there even when I was producing the outdoor fishing and hunting, people would say, why are you not living in a warm climate state? I said, because <laughs> this is home. Yeah. I love this city. I love the people in this city. And, and uh, so we just kept ourselves planted right there. Well, she got a nice piece of land there not, by the it's, park. It's a good, yeah, that's a good. <laughs> and that's kind of funny, too, because it was a, uh, like a junkyard there. And everybody goes, why are you buying that property there? And. And uh, so once it's got cleaned up and by the park, it's yeah, it's a, I think it's a prime spot in town. <laughs> the Gas City Park used to be the city dump. It did. And now look at it. Yes, beautiful park. Yes, it is. A great view of the fireworks from your house. Absolutely. Yeah. And you guys are always welcome to come over and sit on that deck with me as, <laughs> as those fi- that fireworks are going off. Now, how long did you serve on the council? I served two terms. Uh, I won that term. 
then the next year, it was a pretty close race between Harold and I. And, but I always made this. I'm not going to be a council person that you see me every four years. I would go around on my bicycle or my golf cart or walk the streets and talk to people in my neighborhood. The next election, I won with 80% of the vote. So I was real happy with that. And it's just a strong area. So then I decided to not run again. I set out two terms. Uh, But I still stayed active in in, uh, the area that I supported. Mm -hmm. I would get a lot of calls in the eight years still thinking I was a councilman. (laughs) So Sandy says, you know what? Why don't you run for council again? I said, Sandy, I just want to let you know if I run for council, I'm going to run for mayor. Because 12 years earlier, I'd ran against the mayor, and I'd lost by 51 votes. And when you're competitive. Doesn't sit well, does it? I would have <laughs> lost by 500, and I'd have oh, went away. Yeah. But when you lose by 51, and, yeah. and you think in your head, that's only 26 people. you got to change their mind. Yeah. And so eight years, being the competitive person I was, I thought about it. And uh, so when she said, go ahead and run for council, she gave me the green light. And uh, so that's, that's kind of how the politics in. And now when I see good things happening in our community, again, I don't consider myself a politician. I consider myself a passionate person for our city, and I want good things to happen. But you're a good motivator, too. You motivate people to want to do well. That, that, that's I see that. Thing. I see it all the time. Yeah in rocks concessions because my wife and i work for you logan's worked for you and his wife and you're the type of person like you want a tender one you wait in line you may wait in line for 45 minutes i yeah you won't if i'm on the window no because i I move the line you move the line you're very (laughs) i know i'm very lucky to have good workers in those concessions but that's just the type of person you are i've had many people ask me that i cannot believe you're standing in line i said why wouldn't i um, and therefore, too, if somebody comes up and says, hey, would you go to the back door for me? I can say, you know, no. I stand in line. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I, no, you're right. I, I just always felt guilty to watch people stand out there and then for me to just walk around. And I, it would just give, make me feel like I'm thinking that I'm better, that I can cut the line, and I won't do that. I will not cut the line. I, I'll wait. And, uh, but when Lamar's on the window, it's not a very long wait. <laughs> So would that be considered an abuse of power? We could impeach you over that. Probably. I'm sure, I'm sure there's probably trying to fi- people trying to figure out how to do that right now, buddy. No. <laughs> no. There was a 12-year span between when you ran the first time and when you ran this yes. time, correct? Yes, this time. The first time did you run on an independent? I did not. I ran as a Democrat. Ran as a Democrat. I ran in a primary. But uh, as I got to, to talking to people and knowing people, I had a, a lady one time I pulled up with four of my friends I just played golf with and uh, walked up to the door, and, and I was going to be the chairman of the fourth. And she looks at me and, and goes, do you know they are Republicans? I said, you know what? I don't. I know they're friends of mine that I've known all my life, and today is the first day that I ever knew their political, mm-hmm. whether they were Democrat, Republican, or what they were. I called them friends. And so when I see people like you, Logan, I don't know if you're Republican or Democrat. I know you're a good person. Lamar, I know you're a good person. And that's what I do, especially in grassroots politics. Now, when you start getting into state level and you start getting into the federal level where they all want to bicker and fight and bite at each other instead of doing what's good, 
sure. yeah, I think you'd have to declare something other than independent. Uh, I had that asked me a lot when I was knocking on doors. Uh, what's your politics? Mm-hmm. I said, well, tell me what my politics is. Tell me what I am. Well, I like you for who you are. Well, thank you. That's who I'm running. I'm running as who I am. I'm running as an independent. I have a lot of Republican friends. I have a lot of Democrat friends. I got probably more Republican beliefs because of the the fishing and hunting and stuff I do. Right. But there's some good things. If you can look past some of the, the biting, there's some good things that the Democrats do, too, that, Absolutely. that I like. So, I mean, uh, that's where the, the independent came from. And, and if I'm correct, Nobody has won on an independent ticket as mayor in Gas City, correct? No, we we made history this time. Uh, it's actually the first time that a mayor has been defeated in an election. When Bob Ray lost his seat, uh, there there wasn't a caucus. He passed away. And then uh, Melvin Huffman got picked by a caucus. Beaner did beat him, but then Beaner, of course, won, and then he passed away in office. So this is the first time that actually – there was an election where, especially an independent, uh, as far as I know, uh, now somebody may correct me out there and know history a little better than me, but <laughs> as far as I know, uh, there hasn't been one that's been defeated in office, and there hasn't been uh, almost 100% on that one, an independent. I didn't know that. One. I bet if our grandfather were still alive, he would tell you right now. He would know. <laughs> he would. He, he, he would definitely know. would know. And there's probably a few history buffs out there right now listening. They're probably <laughs> clicking in their mind saying, wait a minute, this guy is wrong. And, I, and I'll be the first one to uh, stand corrected if that's not the case. I mean, uh, just as far as I know, uh, that, that's how it's Well, if he's wrong to our listeners, just send us a message. Send us one. Facebook. And yeah, I will feedback at, <laughs> feedback at the orange mailbox dot com. Yes. We'll get it That's in our email address. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and I would definitely stand corrected on that if if that isn't the case. But I I'm a hundred percent sure uh, that I made history as an independent. Yep. A lot of parallels we're running into because our grandfather, being in politics most of his life, he started out as a city councilman mm-hmm. and uh, worked his way up to what he did. Uh, so that's pretty interesting. Yeah, he was a state rep. If I'm not mistaken, he was a delegate. Okay, and then he was county chairman for. Yeah, he was county years. chairman for a long time. We got so, some cool pictures. Yeah, JFK. I've got. We've got a picture of our grandfather with Harry Truman. Oh, cool. We got some pretty cool stuff. Yeah, fifty-two years was another thing we made history. It was fifty-two years of Democrat controlled too, and there hadn't been a change. So when I made some changes uh, coming in. Yeah, it wasn't the same old, same old, and they're like, whoa, wait a minute here. This is, uh, why is he doing this? Why is he putting more energetic people or some people that think and tell me what I need to hear and, and not what I want to hear? He's not dictating us. He's uh, he's basically listening, and, and we're on the same plan with him now. And uh, so that makes a difference when you got 52 years. Sure does. And yeah. then all of a sudden somebody walks in and has different ideas, different yes. thinking. And it's scary to them. And now I think they're starting to say, you know what, maybe this isn't so bad. You've been listening to part one of the interview with Bill Rock, Gas City, Indiana's newly elected mayor. Stay tuned for part two on the Orange Mailbox.